it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. This episode is sponsored by Coleman Tax, helping you see the beauty in your numbers. Coleman Tax is a boutique tax firm that exclusively serves beautypreneurs. We help you save money by using tax planning and by getting your beauty business finances organized for you to make the best decisions for your business. Book your free tax strategy call at thebeautycpa.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated there. Also, follow us on social media, Biz Beauty Network on Facebook and Instagram. We are looking forward to connecting with you there as well. And we're on YouTube, so look for Biz Beauty Network on YouTube too. Now that all of that is out of the way, I had an awesome conversation with Alicia Monique. She's a fellow business coach. She's a salon coach. And I really enjoyed Alicia. She had so much knowledge to share. And in fact, this is a little bit of a longer episode, guys. So you might want to break it up. You can listen to half of it now, half of it later, or just get your drink and snack. But there's a lot of great information that she shared. We talked about a lot of things that will really help you structure your business and your salon. She shared her experience. There are so many things. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Alicia is a salon coach. She has over 20 years in the industry. She's worked with Matrix L'Oreal as an artistic director. She was also the owner of Defining Beauty Salon Suites. While traveling across the country, she's taught at many different trade shows as a platform artist, and she's worked with celebrities and hair as a celebrity hairstylist. And she's done so many things. And she has so much knowledge on how to structure your salon business and run a successful beauty business, guys. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Alicia Monique. Welcome, Alicia. Hi, everyone. Hi, Brandi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on, Alicia. I'm super excited to have you today. So before we learn more about you and your business, all the awesome things that you're doing, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Wow, that's a great question. Well, you know what? I'm going to share this because I was literally just somewhere this past weekend. And what most people don't know is that I'm short. So when I meet them, they're like, wow, you're so short. So that is actually a great fun fact. So if you ever see a short person walking around like, yes, I'm the coach. That's me. No problem. I'm short too. Nothing wrong with being short, right? Right? We're fun size. 
<laughs> right, right. I, I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing that. Maybe online, online you appear taller. So when people see you in person, they're like, oh, you're such a little thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, tell us a little bit about you. I know you have a background in the beauty industry. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your your beauty story and how you got started in your business. Wow, there's a lot of beauty stories. 20 years, licensed professional. Literally this year makes my 20th year coming up in November. Um, Recently retired uh, one year from behind the chair. I have many, many stories. I've done several things from being an educator for Matrix, um, working with a mobile company, being on film sets, televisions, commercials, just doing so many different things in the industry, owning a beauty salon. I just like to tap into like, what? I can, how can I get in here? What's going on? Competing in competitions at Bronner Brothers for like two, three years in a row. Um, I've just done a lot. And I'm, I'm always curious. Like we have so many things we can do in this industry that I'm just curious. I'm like, oh, how did they do that? Let me go see. And I'll just tap into it figure it out and be like, okay, that was great. What's next? Right. I feel you there. Um, you sound a lot like myself. That's how I am. Um, people would ask me, like, you've made a lot of shifts in your career. How did you do it? And I'm like, because like, sometimes, you know, like when it's time to move, it's time to move. Right. 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 <laughs> and I'm like, I'm spontaneous and I like a little bit of adventure too. So I think that's another <laughs> reason why, I shift quite easily, but I think it keeps things interesting for me. Exactly, exactly. Because you never know. It's like, it's like you run into something and you're like, how'd they do that? And you you watch them and you get you get curious, you're curious first, you figure out how they got over there, and now you're like, okay, can I do that too? And it's like once you get over there, you're like, oh, okay, I'm here. Okay, now what? What are they doing over there? Like, can, how do they do? How do they get over there? Can I get over there too? But it's so many things to do in the beauty industry. Like, there's so many avenues that we can go down. And when you're in it, it's like you're in it. And if things are just out there, I'm just like, how, how do you get over there? Like, how do you get that title? How do you get? How do you? How is your name running at the end of the movie in the credits? Like, how do your name get there? And I'm like, let me figure out how my name get up there. And like, once that journey, you start that journey, you like, oh, wow, I get to meet these people and do this and I get to do that. And then it just becomes, you know, something else on your resume that you've done. And it just expands you as a professional, personally and business, because the journeys that we can go down sometimes in this industry, those are personal journeys, but um, they're related to our business. That's what I'm like. There's so many avenues we can do besides, you know, just standing behind the chair. And even while you're behind the chair, there's plenty of opportunities out there as well. Like you can still be a great hairstylist standing on the mat, going to do community events, nonprofit events, you know, tapping into like your local resources, doing the local news crew. That was always one of my dreams. I didn't get to do that. So I wish that on someone else. Go ahead on out there and do that. Like do the local news people. When I watch the news, I'm like, who did her hair? I wonder, who did her makeup? Can I go do her makeup? But that's just like locally being behind a chair, you know, expanding in your area. So the possibilities are endless. 
it seems you've you've done a lot. Like um, you must specialize in color because you said something about training with Matrix, doing all Bonner Brothers and all the shows and everything. So you've had an advanced career. You recently retired, and congratulations because I want to talk about that a little bit, Alicia. Because honestly, you don't hear stylists retiring too much. I don't see too many retirement parties when it comes to beauty professionals. I don't see a lot, especially cosmetologists. I don't. Usually they may be just kind of, you know, age out or they start doing something else. They shift careers and you just don't kind of know they retired, but you don't hear too many retirement parties. And I know I have some reasons why I think that is, but I would love for you to share your journey and, and now what you're doing. I know you're a coach now and you're working with salon professionals helping them in their businesses but how did we get here how did we go from you know having a career that you have and you just retired a year ago kind of bring us there so I'm, I'm an educator at heart I was always I had my own um I was teaching hair extensions at Bronner's for a while um but before I started that I was working with other companies as you mentioned I was working with Matrix before Matrix I was working with uh other companies just platforming with them so the educational aspect of me was always there. And even owning my own salon, I owned my own salon for eight years in Georgia. Every stylist that I had, I felt the need to give back to them. Like if you came into my salon environment, you had to grow. It was a must. You couldn't just stay coming in and just doing hair and just go. You had to grow. You had to learn. I was always teaching. Even if you knew something, I'm like, how'd you do that? I wanted to learn that. And if I found found a hole in what you were doing, I would plug into that hole. So education has always been something that's just near and dear to me. And I've just continued it along the whole journey. Um, working with different companies, I was still like, okay, so I'm supposed to go out and do this. How can I help another stylist go faster, you know, make this quicker, develop this? If I figured it out, I'm like, hey, let me tell somebody else. Um, I was working with a mobile company And going around with that mobile company, it was like um, you had to have a certain amount of drive time in between. You had to be at people's house for a certain amount of time. I'm like, how can I maximize on this? So I stopped driving far. And I used to tell other stuff, don't drive so far. Like niche down your area, maximize this area right here so you can get the people houses faster. That way you could get in and do the hair out quicker and you can make more money that day. And it was like, are you serious? I was like, try it, try it. And they tried and was like, oh, my God, do you know how much money I made this week? And I was like, yes. So education was always something that I did. And as I started to help stylists grow, because that was my first mission to help stylists grow, I began to see that stylists have a hard time growing if the salon isn't structured properly for them to grow in that environment. And then, yes, color was my thing. So I specialized in color and hair extensions. That's all I did from standing behind the chair. And I literally just got to a point after the pandemic when we had to go back into the salon, just really not being in there, honing in on teaching salons how to operate, teaching stylists how to get to their next level. After the pandemic, going back into the salon, it was like, I don't belong here anymore. Like the passion to actually do hair, to see that client transformation had died. It just wasn't there anymore. Although I, I was like the balayage queen, 
color correction. They would give me all the color correction. I'm like, why? I don't have the brain cells for this today. Why? I don't want to. And they like, but you're the best at it. So I'm in the back like, okay. So and they like, what are you doing? I said, shh. And you're trying to figure out the stuff. And when I went back into the salon, it was like, I don't know. I don't know why our hair looks like this. And, and to be honest, I don't want to fix it anymore. Like, just give me regular people without any problems. And I stayed there for about two or three months trying to figure out, is this where I still belong? Or am I going to be 100% a coach and a consultant? Because before that, I was a 50-50 stylist, 50-50 coaching consultant. And it took me about three to four months to say, I don't want to do this anymore. And it literally was just like a, like when you realize that you don't have the, the means to be somewhere anymore, you're just not as passionate. I'm not going to say you're not passionate because I still, I still am passionate about color and things like that. I just wasn't as passionate. And when I uh, left, it was like freedom. And yes, I know you mentioned we don't have retirement parties, but when I walked away, I partied myself like that was my it, I had like a personal. Oh, my God. I need a glass of wine. I need a move. I don't need the glass. I need the bottle of wine. <laughs> Let's get some movies. And it was right. like literally a whole couch weekend wine sangria. I was like, OK, I I'm out. And then I woke up and was like, OK, wait, you're out. Like you're out, out. You're seriously retired. You don't do some a client text me and then a the client text me like about two weeks after. And she was like, hey, just send me a message because I'm trying to book an appointment with you and I can't seem to get through. And you know that pause when you read it, you're like, my brain literally was like, girl, you don't do hair no more. Mm -mm, tell her no, you are not available. And then the flip side was the professional side, of course, was like, Unfortunately, I am no longer behind the chair. I am currently retired. I recommend you go and see such and such. In that moment right there, like that just sealed the whole retirement deal. I was like, it's over. And it's over for being behind the chair, but I'm just now beginning fully to help other salons see their vision, see their passion to come full or do a full 360 on growing a business that you can actually hire a manager, duplicate, open multiple locations and retire from the salon. You don't have to be stuck behind that chair. When you create your own blueprint, you can hand it off to someone else and you can step back or have a manager run these operations and you can still do hair. And then you can take on, you know, other businesses that other business ventures that you've always been wanting to do because now you have more time freedom from behind a chair and you're not like I call it in the rat race you're not in the rat race no more you're actually looking at the race running but you're still winning as everyone run behind you run by you so retirement for me has been I, I don't I can't even explain it. like I'm just happy it's interesting how you, it seems that you really stepped into the new role as a coach. Like you were already doing it, like you said, 50%, mm -hmm. but it was like when you, once you felt like, okay, I'm not so much connected with the service portion of it. I want to teach and educate. 
you've been doing hair for 20 years. So I, my thing is, was that hard? Was that, even though you knew it was the right direction, you knew what you were supposed to be doing, you knew the new path you were taking, was it hard? Was it any like hesitation or did you just say, I'm just done? I, I just said I was done. Literally. I, when I went back in, I just wasn't feeling being there. I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just a feeling that you can, you have a walk in somewhere and you're like, okay, it's a weird feeling in here now. Somewhere you've always walked into that you're like, okay, guy, all right, today is going to be a great day. We're going, we're excited. And you walked in like, why do it feel like that? It feels weird in here. That's literally how I felt going back in. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was until I just started servicing clients. And I was like, and it was literally like everybody that sat in my chair, I was just so annoyed. My favorite clients, I was just so annoyed. And I had to really recognize that, like, why am I annoyed? Why am I bothered by the people? I love, I love talking to them. I love doing the hair. I can knock out their hair faster. And I'm like, why am I, why am I so annoyed at the end of the day? Go home, you know, settle down. You get happy. You get up in the morning. You're all aesthetic. When you got to go in a salon, it's like, I was like, what is this feeling? So it was, I stepped down all because I didn't like that feeling and I couldn't fix it. Like, you know, how sometimes your, your parents are like, fix your face. And you're like, you're trying to smile, but it's Don't like poker face, right? Right. Fix your face. And I was like, I can't, I can't fix my face. <laughs> I can't fix. I could, I just could not fix it. So I was literally was like, okay, if I can't fix it, then maybe this is not it anymore. And once I come to terms with this is not it, I began to feel a little bit better. I was like, okay, in two weeks, if I don't feel better in two weeks, I'm done. And literally it was like the worst two weeks of my life. And after that, I was like, all right, I'm done. I officially was like, okay, guys, in three weeks, I am out. I called everybody. Listen, I got three more weeks in the salon. I am retiring. What do you need? They was like, oh my God, are you serious? Everybody started filling the books. And those were the three happiest weeks of my life because I said I was leaving and I was so excited. Even the same people that made me so aggravated when it came back in, I was so happy to see them. I was excited, knocked out the hair, gave them a red. It was like, yay. And when I left, it was like, bye, God. It was so, and it was like, are you serious? Why are you so happy? And I'm like, because I'm leaving. And they, they just could not understand that. And until you reach that moment that you're like, I'm done, then you won't understand the happiness that's on the other side. I totally get that. I totally get it. Now, did you know that it was time to fully shift into your coaching role? A hundred percent? Or was it just that like, okay, I know this isn't it. So let me see if I should focus on the coaching thing or, or, or was that the calling? The coaching is actually the calling. So when I said I got three weeks left, my coaching business took off in those three weeks when I said I was leaving from the chair. It was literally, I was getting inboxes. I was getting DMs, um, the, the, the elite magnets, the free information I had put it out there that started getting so much more traffic. It was literally like, I do rapid growth calls where it's a 30 minutes, um, complimentary. We go over clarity, we go over growth and we go over direction on these calls. I had calls. I would literally talk 
Like I will only work in a salon Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I will literally talk all day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to new stylists, to new salon owners. And I was like, okay, this is the shift. The moment I accepted that it was time for me to step from behind the chair is when my coaching business really just took off without me even doing anything, but just accepting the fact that I am no longer a stylist behind the chair. And even now I get the urge to, I want to do hair. I do my own hair and that urge just goes right away. I'm done with that. I was like, that was fun. That was four. I was a fun. Okay. Back to, back to reality. Like <laughs> I'm done. Right. Right. I feel you. I feel you. It's interesting. Um, I, I've gone through a similar situation. I just feel like it was a little bit of like tug of war for me though. You know what I mean? Just, I don't know why it was a little tug of war, but I love that you just was like, I'm done. And I think more, more people need to do that because it was freeing for me when I finally just said, okay, because I, my background is, is as an esthetician makeup artist. I did lash extensions for years. And when I left that world, it kept trying to pull me back in for at least a a year and a half, like, like hard. I was getting, you know, inquiries. I was getting people trying to book and I'm like, no, and all types of things. And And because of that, I mean, I was in a process of growing my coaching business, but this is coming. So it was kind of like, should I be leaving that on the table? But I'm like, no, let me just really step into the new role. But it was a little tug of war, but it's just interesting how you felt the call and you made the shift. But clearly that was the right direction. So you've been working with salon owners and people who are looking to get into the program. Let's talk about you know, some of the things that you work with your clients on and some of the things that you're seeing, you know, within the industry as you're working with them on like uh, growing salons and things of that nature, like structure, the things that you work with them on, let's kind of like dive in there a little bit. Absolutely. I like the fact that you mentioned the tug of war. So working with salon owners and stylists, it is, it's always a tug of war because we have to, Uh, The fact that you said, okay, eventually I'm going to stop this tug of war. The moment you recognize that you're, you are in that tug of war is when your growth starts. And that's literally how it happened for me. Like, I'm not going to do this back and forth thing. It's literally like, you got to tell yourself, what are you going to do? You're going to be over here or you're going to be over there. You got to pick one. And whichever one you choose is like that part just takes off because you've accepted where you're supposed to be as opposed to this back and forth. And I like you, I had clients consistently texting me and I literally, I would not respond right away. So I allow my professionalism just to drop a little bit by not responding as fast. It would be like two days before I respond to a message, but it was always a professional message that I would send, but I would just let it sit there for a little while because I didn't, I didn't want to. And I'm like, well, if I let it sit for two days, maybe they'll find somebody else. So that tug of war with salon owners and stylists is always there, but When it comes to wanting more, that tug of war has to stop. And you have to understand, okay, because I want to get here, what is it that I need to do? And my whole thing is structure and foundation. Because you want to get here, how do you set yourself up? How do you create a nice foundational base 
in order to get there. The same way when we went to, we created a nice foundational base by going to beauty school, going to esthetician school, we understand skin, we understand hair, we set a nice foundation for us. We started to create a little structure because now you got to figure out your clientele, where you are actually um, practice your craft at, and then you start to grow. And the same thing is with salon business. When it comes to the business, we don't get taught business in beauty school. That one little first chapter, and I actually was a beauty school instructor. I never taught that chapter. I was an instructor for like two years. That chapter came around like one time in the whole two years. And I was like, why is this not in the curriculum? But I will always enforce it on my students. So I would make sure like they had a professional email address. I would make sure that they they went out and got an online booking site, even if they didn't pay for it. Just put your some services in here and give people the link. So I would try and set them up as a structural as opposed to just being like a kitchen titian with a license. So that foundation is so important because if you want to make more money, if you want to gain new clients, if you want to uh, have a fully staffed salon, that they're going to run on this structure that you create. It's like leasing an apartment building with your booth rental. When you go into the lease of the apartment, you're looking around the apartment. You're like, oh my God, it's crown molding. It's beautiful. Ooh, look at the bathroom. Look at the decor. Okay, how much is it? What are the lease terms? When is my late payment fee? I run into so many salon owners that say, I don't have a contract. And I'm like, why? Oh, I just let them do, you know, they just come and go. We're just professional. But sometimes they get on my nerve. Well, it's like, Kids, you, you don't, there's no rules. You are abiding by the rule of the place that you're leasing. If you're late, there's a late fee. If you punch a hole in the wall, you're responsible for that. You know, if a water main break the pipe, you're going to go to the landlord to fix that. Your business is the same way. So I focus on that structure. I also focus on marketing, but predominantly structure first, because then the marketing doesn't matter if the structure is not there. You're not going to be able to keep the clients if you don't create a structure. You're not going to be able to retain your stylist if you don't have a structure and foundation. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I think sometimes, I'm glad you started with structure because sometimes people that, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I need the, the logo, the website, all the, the marketing, the branding, all the pretty stuff. But like you said, if you don't have your back end together, your business structure properly, none of that really matters. So if you get the structure together first, then you can market a well-structured beast that's running properly and have all the pieces together and in place. That's the best way to go. But a lot of times people want to skip that step or because, you know, that that's a harder step. You may not be sure about how to get it structured. It's easy just to focus on the shiny lights and all those things. The bells and whistles. We want to jump to the bells and whistles. We right. like shiny. We have, I call it the shiny object syndrome. We like the shiny stuff. We want to decorate with crystals and all these other things. And I'm like, but you don't have the clientele to pay for the crystals. Who's going to pay for these crystals that are dangling the chandeliers and the black walls and everything is bejeweled and bedazzled? Who is going to pay for this stuff? Like, let's get you a good, solid foundation. First of all, let's get you a business bank account. We're not paying anything out of personal account. Let's go get you an LLC. Let's grab an EIN. Let's set this whole business up. You work for the business. I work for my company. If I decide to sit down, the company can keep going. If, if you are working on you, when you sit down, that's typically why we're like, oh, I'm not making any money. Well, because you decided to take a vacation. 
So, but if you're structured properly, the business can run without you. You want it to run. And that's what we mean by run on automation. We want it to run without you being there. So 5,000%, you can scale back to 50% and still have a successful business by having a proper structure and foundation. And yes, you can have all the bells and whistles once you do that. I'm like, girl, glitter it out. Bejewel, bling, bling everywhere and for everybody on everything, the retail products, put it on the case, put it on a shampoo bottle. It doesn't matter because now you set the business up so that it can, you can have a little, what do you, remember the little guns that you just bejewel everything with? <laughs> <laughs> but you're yeah. going to bejewel everything, bejewel <laughs> your clients when they come in. But have <laughs> that structure on all of it, huh? <laughs> right, everything sparkle. You get a sparkle, you get a sparkle. <laughs> Right. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with all of that. Now, what are some ways because, you know, there may be some people like, okay, well, where do I even start? Like, I own a salon. It's, you know, really, I'm I guess that's a lot of people that are having struggle, you know, troubles getting stylists in and keeping stylists, all of these things. They, you know, not they're working really hard, but not really, you know, seeing a whole lot of, you know, profit and, and all of these things. So, and that's partly because they're not structured, right? So let's give us a couple things that, you know, are maybe more general, because I know it may be, it may be very depending on the salon owner, but mm-hmm. a few things that you see most people struggle with when it comes to structuring their salon that can help. Most, mostly what I see is that we don't know where to start. Because structure is a broad word. That's like saying, go market. And it's about 45,000 trillion ways you can market. And that's like saying, go structure. And you're like, all right. And you're trying to go out there and do it. And you start by building the team. You start, you know, having people come in, you're interviewing them, you want to put them behind the chair. And you're like, oh, she's going to start on on Tuesday. She's going to pay a $100 booth rent. Whereas you haven't set up how you hire yet. So you want to bring in a great team, but how do you hire? Who do you want on your team? What is the hiring process like? But let's back up a little bit. Are you structured right? Do you have your EIN? Do you have your LLC? Is there a bank account? You know, let's get that. So it's almost like, where do you start? And I like to start at the very beginning. All of my clients who come to me, I'm like, do you have a business bank account? I got one. Are you established as an LLC or are you a sole proprietor if you're a stylist? Oh, I'm this. Okay, let's start here. This is where we start at. But I want to, I, I got to get more clients to make more money. Don't worry about that. I got you. Let's get this right. Because as you gain more clients, I also want you to have a client retention program and understand what your customer experience is like. Because if somebody walk in the salon and they like, this looks like a rat hole. We need to start with remodeling first. Because all the new people that you begin to gain from going on TikTok, being around on social media, when they walk in, they're not going to get that experience, which means they're not going to come back. I see that so much that when it comes to structuring, it got to start at the beginning. And we don't know what the beginning is. And that's why it's so important to get a coach or to find someone who who has been where you're trying to go so that you understand where the beginning lies and not just, oh, I'm just going to go over here and I got a a stylist coming in. She's going to start. 
oh, I didn't put, I didn't do no application. And she just cash at me her weekly booth rental. Um, but she's really messy and all this other stuff because you don't know who you want on your team. First of all, let's write that down first. Step one, who do you want on your team? We don't want another one of us. Let's let me um, put that out there. You do not want another you. One of you is enough. One of us, one of me is enough. If I had two of me, I probably would go crazy. So I want somebody who is going to compliment me, someone who may do different styles than you so that you build a well-rounded team. So identify who you want on your team first. Identify how you want your salon to operate so that as I come in, I know that, okay, I'm a booth rental, but at the end of the day, I need to turn on the alarm, lock the door. I need to shut stuff down as I leave, as opposed to you coming in like, oh my God, the alarm ain't on. Why she ain't do this? Well, you never told her that. So that whole foundation first, knowing who you're looking for and what you want is the basis of you building this team. So now as people are attracted to you, they're going to fit into this checklist that you have created. And that's how you start to build this perfect team. Sometimes your perfect team falls in your lap. If they fall in your lap, you're like, oh my God, what does she possess? I'm going to go write that down. Girl, she do good on color. She is excellent on shortcuts because I hate shortcuts. She is excellent on shortcuts. Her customer experience is off the chain. She rebook her clients. Like you got to make a note of her. No, you don't want to have multiple ones of her either. You just want somebody else like her that maybe specialize in natural hair or specialize in locks. You are the weave queen. You are the color queen. Now you build a well-rounded team where no one is fighting to do certain things. Everyone have their own lane. Everyone can get along in one environment. So first step, write down who you want on your team and what qualifications that you want them to have when you're building one. Very good, Felicia. I, I think, too, is even having policies in place, like an employee handbook or rules and regulations. Like you were talking about, like the whole alarm thing. Well, she didn't clean up. She didn't do this. Well, if you didn't have the policies in place and you didn't tell her, you didn't train her on how to do it, then how did you expect her to know to do it? Exactly. So, you know, so I, I encourage my salon owners to create, like, you know, like regular companies do, an employee handbook. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you kind of know like because sometimes I've seen owners run into problems with dress code or I was like well if you had that in your employee handbook they would know so create a handbook so that you that, that covers the dress code that covers some of the things that they should be doing that's included within their job and that, that is expected of them and review those things with them you know don't just give it to them but actually go over everything as a part of training Exactly. And all of that, you know, and, and training them on exactly what you want as well. But I love what you said, like really, you know, having a variety, like you don't want another you and you don't need multiples, you know, having a good variety, but people who, who are great at what they do and they understand customer service and they're a good fit to your team, but just understanding what that is. And that's even like, I, I do this thing about like your ideal client. It's the same thing. So if, if there's certain characteristics that, you you know you would love to have an employee and everything then you look at like people maybe you already have some people maybe you have one person to have a lot of the care characteristics you can start to kind of base things off of that like okay Susie you know has these characteristics these are some of the ones I like but I also would like someone who who has this experience or whatever and that can help you like really understand so now you know exactly the type of candidates that you're looking for 
and you can, you know, retarget them and you can get a better understanding of what you want. Because sometimes you don't even you don't even know that you don't even know exactly who or what you're looking for. Like you said, they don't have nothing in place, the rules in place. There's no structure. There's no policy. And that's OK, because sometimes it's just you don't really know. Like you may be an amazing stylist and you do weaves and that's your thing. And that's what you know, and that's your lane. And that's why don't be afraid to invest in yourself and hire a coach, someone who can help you get those things right. And it's interesting, I wasn't even thinking on that level, like L-O-C-E-I-N, because I'm thinking like everybody should have that, especially as a salon owner. But I do realize a lot of people still don't. A lot of people still aren't structured correctly, because if you look at your local area, you type like, what's the average, you know, uh salary of a stylist, a cosmetologist, and it's going to be like $29,000 a year. And you're like, no, that's not quite right. So yes. something's not adding up here. Yes, I've done that. It was like, I think the max I've seen was like 35000 I was yes. like, whoa, that, that went up. But that's still not it, though. That's not it. It has increased, but that's it. has increased. That's not it. <laughs> that's not it. But that's because... People don't have the business bank accounts. They're not filing taxes correctly. There's a lot of different things that there aren't structured on that beginning and correctly. Mm-hmm. So that is that is where you start. That is where you start. And once you get those things, then we really look on the uh, the structure piece as as far as like you know hiring and all of those things. Another thing too is um, a lot of suites are popping up. Like mm-hmm. so, I'm seeing a lot of students cosmetology students that they want to skip like assisting skip working in a salon skip everything and just go straight from school to a suite that can be anywhere from 200 to 400 dollars a week depending on like your area and what type of suite you go in and so what do you think about that because like the whole suite industry and all of those things i actually i own salon suites when i had my salon i like suites but I don't like suites for new stylists that are coming out of beauty school. That is my whole, because here's my thing, right? Yes, I know you're doing hair at home. I I get it. I was doing hair at home too before I went to beauty school. So I'm not not with that. I get it. We got to start somewhere. We start at home. We realize everybody say that we're really, really good. You go ahead on and go to beauty school, but it's like you're at home, which is like a suite. And now you go to beauty school to actually get that 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 license behind you to get that paper backing so you can start charging that real money for that that skill that you've been perfecting before you understand the the foundation of hair. Okay, now you got that paper. Now you're like, okay, I'm going to go into a suite, which is sort of like doing hair at home. But meanwhile, you don't have the the uh what's the word I'm looking for like the that hands on or experience there you go that live looking at another stylist experience that live just being in the field training that hands-on training it's sort of like when you're in beauty school you're just in you're just taking the books we're just reading the books what have you and then when you get to that last quarter you're on the floor you're doing real people now so it's like whoa I get to touch real these are real people these are not students this is not my mama that I brought in this is not my sister coming in this is not my auntie getting her hair done these are people that I don't know and when you leave that school you got to continue to hone in and how to do the people that you don't know and fail or pass 
you know, being great or or being unsuccessful is going to come from being in an environment where you can see everything and how everyone operate. I never forget when I got out of beauty school, I was in this salon that was really, really slow. And it was an older lady in that salon. And I, she was there for maybe like a week after I got out of beauty school and then she left. But while she was there, I would watch her. I might've done in two weeks, maybe like three people fresh out of beauty school, girl. I was like, I'm about to make six figures. Y'all ain't going to tell me nothing. I got this. Got out of beauty school. I did three people in two weeks. I was like, this is not it. Something got to happen. I had no idea what marketing is. I had no idea how to position myself in, in the environment that I was in. None of that. That elder lady, when she left that salon, she was gone one week. That next week, she came back for me. When she walked into the salon, I was excited. I thought she was coming to get her hair done. She said, pack your stuff. And I paused. I said, excuse me, her name was Miss Connie. I'll never forget. I am horrible with names, guys, by the way, but I will never forget your face. Miss Connie came back in and said, pack your stuff. And I froze like a little kid or a little puppy with my tail between my legs. She said, pack your stuff. You're coming with me. And I was like, well, where are we going? She said, you're coming with me. Don't worry about it. I packed up all of my stuff. I locked the salon door and I went with Miss Connie. She was at an another salon, open environment, fully staffed, barbershop. You had somebody who specialized in short hair, somebody who specialized in extensions. It was some at that time, somebody who specialized in French rolls and finger waves. I was a sponge and I was also an assistant. So I had my own seat that I would booth rent but I was everybody else's assistant. I didn't really have my own clientele. So I would assist everybody else and they would pay me. I was like the shampoo girl of the shop. And I would get to know people, talk to people, they would pay me and I would use that money to pay my booth rent until I be able, was able to build my clientele and understand how the business run. So coming out of beauty school, you don't have the working experience. So it's better to be in an open atmosphere so you can see what goes on Honing your craft, understand how business can operate. I will always ask them, I said, how y'all getting these new clients? Let me tell you what I would do. And they would share because I was new. What do I know? Nothing. They had experience. They would share with me. Oh, I would just post on here. Well, it was no post on social media at the time. It was post on MySpace. So I'm probably telling my age right now. <laughs> But they would say I would make cards and I would hand out cards and I would hand out flyers. So what did I do? I went and got cards made. I didn't have their professional quality cards. I made cards on my printer in Word. And I went to the Michaels and got some fancy paper and I printed it out and I cut the paper up myself and I started handing out cards. That was my makeshift way of getting started. And then from there, I just started to grow and start to grow. Once you get to a point and decide that you have made it, or now you want to do other things that you cannot do in an open environment. Like um, nowadays we got Yoni steaming. We got things that need to be done in personal environments is when I recommend you go into a suite. When you have a strong clientele and you're ready to open a salon, I always recommend go in a suite where there can be two stations. That way you can rent a station out and become this mini salon and start to understand how salons operate. If you don't rent out the second seat, of course you're gonna work in both of them, but now you have an understanding of you have a team of one and you can branch out and then open a four station salon, a six station salon, an 18 station salon. But coming out of school to the suite 
you have no idea what this industry is about and you should be in an open environment so that you can learn and be a sponge all day long. Definitely. I would definitely agree with that. But I think this industry, especially because of social media, there's a picture painted of all the glamour. So you got the six-figure stylist and everybody wants to be that, but nobody wants to do what you did. Nobody wants to go in, be the shampoo girl, assist, work their way up, learn and do all those things to get, get their hands dirty because that's what I did. I did a lot of free work, a lot of print trade, you know, TFP work as an artist coming in, trying to like build my um, book up so that I could get good jobs and I could be on set I was on set working for free or working for a kit fee or something because that's how bad I wanted it and just like you were the shampoo girl you were a sponge and absorbing all of this information from all these people you were learning how they operate how they get clients and you see you I'm pretty sure you saw things that you liked you saw things you didn't like so you're like okay I'm not doing that but she does the customer service great so I'll do this and you take all of that and that's what helps make you well-rounded. And that will help you when you're ready to go into your own situation. But when you haven't had any of that, you're missing a lot. Because there's a lot that you can learn just actually working and assisting. And, you know, getting your hands dirty at first. You may have to have a, a regular job, a regular regular job while you're building. You may have to do other things while you're building. You may have to assist people or do things like what you did while you're building. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of learning, taking more classes. Don't be afraid of assisting someone and crawling before you're walking. We all have to crawl before we walk. And many times people think, I go, I went to school, so I have a license, so I'm, I'm, I'm licensed. So I'm a professional now and I don't need any of that. I'm just going to do my own thing. But when truly, truly you do need something, all of that. You, you need all of that. That's what that's what that's what I think is missing. And I feel that's why you see you're seeing a lot more of a lack of customer service in the industry, a lack of professionalism and all of those things, because they just don't know any better because they're coming straight from school, which really gets you prepared to get take state boards. Right. So they're not really they don't have to really talk too much about the business. All that. They want you to pass that test. So, you know, that's what their their job is, to get you to the position where you can pass state boards. But other than that, you're, you're not learning everything that you need to know at school, not even 50% of it. So you need to continuously learn and grow. And, and a great way to do that is to do what you did. And like what I did, just get out there and assist and, you know, do trade work and all types of things so that you can learn and build. And I think that's what's missing in this industry. Absolutely. Now, I must say, because most don't want to do trade work, most don't want to do anything for free. I'm going to add on to that because I know you're, you're probably thinking, well, how much free work do I have to do? This episode is sponsored by Coleman Tax, helping you see the beauty in your numbers. Coleman Tax is a boutique tax firm that exclusively serves beautypreneurs. We help you save money by using tax planning and by getting your beauty business finances organized for you to make the best decisions for your business. Book your free tax strategy call at thebeautycpa.com. Do as much free work as you have to do until you get to a point where you like, they're paying me to do this so I don't have to do the free work anymore. And that's going to be a feeling. 
when I wanted to start getting on movie sets, I did a lot of free work just as you did, Brandy. But it was literally that moment where somebody asked me to do what I was helping other people to do. That I was like, okay, if you're asking me, why don't you just go to her? I was assisting her before, but you're asking me? Okay, yes, I'm on. At that moment, my free work was done. Because now people are seeing my work and people are asking me. So that ended my free work. It also got to a point where you're doing um, TFP tests for print to build your portfolio, which means you're doing photo shoots with professional models, professional photographers, and professional makeup artists. If you don't do makeup, you're doing the hair to build your portfolio to get to do magazine works, film, TV, and things like that. Once that portfolio is built, don't do any more uh, free uh, photo shoots. Once my portfolio was built, I was like, this is pretty good. Someone told me it was pretty good. I was like, well, there it goes. I'm not doing any more free photo shoots. You want me to do a photo shoot? You're going to have to pay me now. Because that portfolio was solid and somebody else told me it was. That ended that part. So yes, free work is going to get you somewhere, but you'll know when you need to stop doing a free work. For those of you that's like, well, how much free work I got to get? Because I that was my question. And that's why I'm saying that. But you'll know when you get to the moment where you're going to stop doing free work, unless it's a big, big project, right? I remember um, when I first switched locations, I wanted to work with more celebrities. And I was like, okay, I'm new here. Nobody knows me. What happened? I had to go back to doing free work to build up this area that I was in that nobody knew me in. The area I came from, people knew me. I wasn't doing any more free work. Now I'm here. I had to go back to doing free work again to get my name out there. So I was like, who are the makeup artists that do all of these people? Who are the hairstylists that do all of these people? Let me go make friends with them. Follow them on social media, make friends, send messages with them, say, hey, if you ever need an assistant, I am available. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me anytime, day or night. May I, if it's 2.30 in the morning, will they get a response? Probably not, but the the gesture is there. So when they started to come in and be like, hey, are you available tomorrow between this time and this time? Yes, sometimes it was long hours, but I knew who I was going to be working with and on set with. I wanted to be in that Put me at the table. If I got to sit next to this person and go get the coffee to be at this table in this studio on this set with these TV producers, what type, you want cream or sugar? I was literally there. And after a while, they like, oh my God, you think you could come without even contacting her? They would contact me because you two are like tied together. Like that's your assistant. They're like, oh my God, who's your assistant? She was amazing. Now they're reaching out to you. So what happened? No more free work on that aspect. So don't be afraid to assist somebody so that you can learn. If you're going to go in a salon to be an assistant, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a time limit on how long you're going to be an assistant in that salon before you graduate into actually being a stylist. If the salon doesn't set a time limit for you, set one for yourself. See, I'm going to give myself a good three to six months to absorb everything. And then after that, I want a stylist position. And I will be the sponge and the fly on the wall at the same time while I'm here. So, yeah, that, that was great. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people miss out on that. And I just want to encourage people to maybe listening. Don't be afraid of that. Like, I love the way you shared how. 
you know, when you move to a new location, you had to do that again to rebuild. And sometimes that's what's required. And I think sometimes people will get in their heads about it or get big heads like, oh, I've been doing this. I've been charging this. But sometimes when you're rebuilding, you have to start from scratch again. That That's what exactly. happens because you're in a new area. People don't know you and you have to, you know, show them what you're working with. And then once you do that, they will call you. Like, I know for me, um, there was time just because I had showed up for TFP shoots and assisted that they had a makeup artist bail out on them and they would call me like, oh my God, you know, can you help with this? And then that's how I started getting jobs on my own because they called me because they had my card because I had assisted on a shoot and a makeup artist bell and now they like oh well let's call her because she did pretty good when she assisted you know such and such so we'll call her and then i would get calls that way and i started to build relationships Mm -hmm. with the right people that could get me into positions and when i started building relationships with different photographers and different people that really helped me get more jobs so it was all about relationship too and so that's another thing that people uh you know tend to not notice like when you go and you work and you assist you can build relationships you can build your connections up and that ultimately can help you down the line build your career up because it really helped me my reputation in the industry the relationships that I built while I was assisting really helped me moving forward in my career for sure absolutely yep and I and I'm pretty sure that that by that second phone call you were done doing free work (laughs) You exactly. like, you call me? Okay, I'm there. And then you call me again? Okay, I can't assist nobody else. That's it. Y'all are calling me now. I am done with free work. So yes, that, that is absolutely great. Like one way you learn. And then another thing um, you want to consider as well, like, yes, we're saying don't be, a, don't be afraid to jump on where there's opportunities at that are not paid in order to push you forward to help you with growth. At the same time, um, I want to mention, too, that if you see other opportunities that you like, I'm not sure, reach out to that person and, and just ask a question. My biggest thing is you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't ask, that could be a yes that you just missed. So I, was, I would see people go out and do things. Oh, I got this project coming up. I'm like, she got what? Okay, let me see if she needs some help. I would message them and be like, hey, I saw you post that you have this project coming up. Do you need an assistant on this project? I will be more than happy to help you. Mainly because they're doing this whole music shoot. Um, I remember somebody was doing a music shoot for Sean Paul and I jumped on being her assistant. After that, Sean Paul will call me personally to do his hair. All I did was jump on whatever she was doing. And then that's, you know, I'm the one that they were calling for that. But at, we see promotions and things like that all the time. If you want to get into doing celebrities hair and makeup and stuff like that. Yes, they travel with their own crew. I'm going to just put that out there. They travel with their own glam squad, but you never know. They could make an appearance. They could be coming to your town for a small appearance somewhere and need something done. If you at least reach out and be like, hey, I see you're coming to my town for XYZ on this, that, this, that, and the other date. I'm a local hairstylist in this area. Please don't hesitate to reach out for me if you need any touch-ups, hair curl, or lace frontal meltals, or whatever it is that you do. <laughs> and just let them know of your presence. And you never know. They could be just flying in, flying out. Like, you know what? 
somebody did reach out to me. Let me reach out to her so I could just get touched up while I'm here. Now they don't have to travel with their curl and iron flat iron or whatever. They'll just contact you. You pop in, make them look pretty real fast. Get that photo op, of course. And now you have, you know, you're starting to build your portfolio working with celebrities. So that's a great way. We're scrolling on social media anyway. Use it to your advantage. And if you're not following me at Alicia Monique underscore educator on Instagram, I need you to go and follow me right now because there's plenty of educational classes that I already got over there on my IGTV. That's going to help you really structure out your business as well. So go follow me on Instagram, Alicia Monique underscore educator. Let's start building. Let's start growing. Like you're not getting any older. I mean, younger. So Alicia, getting back to the salon and like, I know you work with salon owners and structures or people that are looking to go into the salon. I feel too, some stylists may get burnt because I've, I've heard stories where they go in a salon and they're fresh out of school and there's no clients and there's no support and there's no training and they're expected to have clients, but you know, they're just fresh out of school. And so I've seen stylists, you know, get, get burnt like that where salons didn't have proper structure or proper leadership. So there's a lot of lacking in leadership too. So there are some salons out there that are hiring people, but they're not training them. Like you said, how you say you, you provided training and all these things for your staff, but they're not doing that. They're not training. They're not supporting. And it's making it bad for people who are doing it in the industry. But I want you to kind of give your take on that too. Well, that's, that's sort of why I'm a salon coach. I used to just focus on just the stylist. So I was a stylist coach. Like I didn't do nothing with the salon owners. I couldn't help the salon owners at all. It was more so the stylist. Let's help you build yourself coming out of beauty school. And I love to work with new beauty school students coming out of beauty school. Let's help to build you up. When I realized that I can't really help that new stylist build because wherever she goes, the problem was the salon. So I'm telling the stylist, okay, you know, reach out to the salon owner and this is the this is what you're looking for, like this, that, and the other. These are the things you want to do. Are you going to be commissioned or boofrance? Which side are you going to go on? I'm going to be boofrance. Okay. As a boofrance, this is how you operate. You want to be commissioned? Okay, cool. This is how you operate. And then now they're like, oh, I went to the salon owner and she said this. And I'm like, okay, so go and ask for this. Okay, well, I went to her and she said this. And I'm like, Maybe I'm helping the wrong people because the stylist can't win if the salon is not set up right. So I literally backtrack who I help. Yes, I help the stylist, but more so salon suite owners and uh, booth rental stylists. But my focus became the salon owner because the stylist can't grow if the salon is not structured right. If the salon is not set up properly, how can you expect your stylist to win and pay you if you don't have the right foundation in order for them to win as well. Because I consider a booth rental and a salon owner as a win-win situation. Yes, I know they independent contractors. Yes, I know they market themselves. They build their own content. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, as a salon owner, if you see your booth rental stylist struggling and trying to make it, you're obligated to help. Because if you don't help, she can't pay you. 
So I tell my salon owners all the time, if you got a booth rental and you look around and she over here sitting in her chair, keeping her chair warm, and she look like she's struggling, it's time to have a conversation with her and figure out what's going on and see how you can help. She could be the best hairstylist ever, but she could be struggling a little bit with marketing. And if you can tap into her and help her with marketing, of course, it's a win-win for both. Now she can afford to pay you for her booth rental and she's no longer sitting in this chair. And all you had to do was just pour into her maybe two, maybe four hours for one month and she got it like that. And now you're like, oh, she over here winning. Why? Because you helped her and now you went as well. So it, it, it goes both ways. You can't just say as a salon owner, I run a booth rental salon. They do what they want to do. Whatever it is, it is. If they pay me, I'm going to send them to court. They got to go. And I'm flashing my hands because I know we do that. They got to go. I don't want to deal with that. At the end of the day, as an owner, you are responsible for what happens under your roof. Just like if it was your house, you are responsible for what happens inside of your house at the end of the day. So having a solid salon structure is going to hold you responsible for how you operate as commission or as a booth rental. And it it should be a win-win for both sides. If they're struggling, that means you're struggling. Because if they're two, three weeks behind on their booth rent, then that could put you behind on meeting your, your profit goal. So which means one hand got to wash the other somehow, as opposed to just kicking her out with an empty chair now, how about you help her build so that she can pay you every week with no problem? It's better to help them build than to find a new stylist, especially if you know she's a great stylist. Yes, yes, great stuff, Alicia. I, I absolutely agree with that because I think sometimes people may be afraid of that because they're afraid if I teach her, if I put all this into her, she's going to take it somewhere else. And I know, I I know owners who have experienced that as well. And so sometimes they're, you know, they're not willing to share. But what I realized is that I can share everything I did, how I did it and all of that and tell you everything, Alicia. And that doesn't, my, our paths and journeys are totally different. We're two different people, two different experiences and everything. So that doesn't mean that me telling you all this is going to take anything away from me and that you're going to be so much more successful. And even if you were more successful than me, then kudos to you, right? I think, you know, but stop being afraid to train people. Stop being afraid to educate people for whatever reason you may have. Maybe you've been burned. Maybe, you know, you've had stylists who you've trained and they went off somewhere else and started their own thing and didn't give you any credit. That that may happen, but don't allow that to stop you from adding value to the people that you have in your salon, from training people and helping them to help you because together we win. So like you said, if I train you on how to get more clients in, then you could keep paying me to boot for it, right? Or exactly. if you're commissioned, you could keep bringing the money in for my clients. If I train you on how to, to do things properly, if, I, if you're struggling in the area with styling, if I train you on that and I help you with that, I can help make you a better stylist for my salon. And so I think it's like thinking of it on a business side more so than you know everything else. And also like understanding that just because you've been burnt doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing it. You just probably need to put better contracts in place, get talked to a lawyer, get some better policies in place. And that goes back to structure too. 
Exactly. Because if you have your policies and everything in place, then it can prevent some of those things from happening. Then you don't have to worry about that that piece, you teaching them and you pouring into them and them running off somewhere else. And I wouldn't even be thinking from that standpoint. I'm thinking like, if I teach her, she can grow, we can grow, we all grow together. So I love that you shared that for sure. But not even that. If you've been burnt, why would you burn somebody else? Girl. That's hot. Why would you, why would you be hot? And why would you want to be in the same hot pot with somebody else? It, it's, it's too crowded in here for somebody else to get in here. I don't want, I don't want no part of that. Leave, leave me my hot burning pot space. Don't come in here with me. But at the same time, if you help another stylist and let's say they do go off and do their own thing with whatever information that you gave them, then that means you took part in helping them get there. I would use that as bragging rights. When I close out my salon, well, before I close out my salon, one of my stylists moved away Um, because it was a military town and she opened up her own salon. And I was sad she left. Yes, I was. I was sad because she was a great stylist, but I was also happy that while she was there, she got everything she needed. She called me and told me, oh my God, why did you do that to me? And I was like, what did I do? I thought I had did something, like for real did something. I was like, but what did I do? She was like, why did you do that to me? Why did you show me how the business is supposed to operate? I can't find a salon to work in. I was like, huh? I I didn't know I did something bad. I'm just trying to pour in. She could not find a a salon to work in. Every salon she went to work in, it was she would butt heads with the with the owners because I had showed her how the salon business is supposed to operate, and where she was was just not operating in that manner. She eventually went off and started and opened her own salon because she couldn't work. She was like, "You spoiled me. I can't work in no one else's salon. I gotta go and open up my own." And when I closed down my last styles I had, she has now done the same thing. So she's a mobile stylist as well. She cannot work in another salon. And I was like, I don't know what I did, but thank you. So pouring, even if they go off and take your information and do their own thing, I feel like I was a part of their growth. I pour into them and allow them to see bigger and better things, even if they're in another state. Even if they're in another country, it doesn't matter. I feel like I was a piece of their of their of their professional career. I, I'm I'm one of them little chapters in there. I might be the beginning of chapter two or something, and I might not even go through the whole chapter. But as a salon owner, you gotta feel like you've helped this other person grow. Even if they go down the street and open a salon next to you, I'll be like, yup, I helped her open at that. Look at y'all, look, she two blocks away. Look, let's look out the window. We can see her from here. I helped her open it. I will brag all day long that you took part in someone else's growth and keep growing your business at the end of the day. Because all it matters is that you're a great leader, like you mentioned earlier, that your salon is structured properly for people to succeed and that you are succeeding and that you are producing in the way that you want to produce. If someone decides to leave for whatever reason, and I, I, I must say find out what reason somebody else want to leave, if, even if it's because they want to open their salon, just go ahead on and be of assistance for, for on their next journey. Because everyone knows when it comes a time when you must leave this place and go on in order to grow. And yes, you've poured into them while they're here. They decided to leave because for whatever growth reason, support them, push them out on their growth and be like, I was chapter number three on that on that growth. 
I can't wait to see what she do on chapter number four because the rest of her life is unwritten right now. And I want to be the one, but like, remember chapter two? Girl, come on, come on back in now. I was in chapter two, don't forget me. So always, you know, help those stylists grow. And it's it's the salon owner's responsibility. And if you don't want the responsibility, get a salon manager. Put it in writing that I'm not going to be responsible for marketing you or helping you grow. At least state it up front so that they know. And and these are some of the things that I discuss um, on our rapid growth call. When you book a rapid growth call, it's 30 minutes. It's absolutely free. I help you get clear on whatever your vision is. I don't discriminate on your vision. I don't care. But I want you to be clear on what that vision is so that everybody that comes into your environment understands what that is. My whole vision is to help salon owners and stylists build a solid foundation um, and structure business so that you can hire a salon manager, open multiple locations and retire from the chair. Everything I do is based around those three things. So if you like, I need a manager, I don't wanna do this, I got you, no worries, because you gotta be structured right. If you want to open multiple locations, no worry. We're going to deal with this one first. If you like, I want to retire eventually in 20 years, 25 years, when I get too old, I don't matter what the number is, but within three to five years, you're going to be set for retirement. If you decide to walk away, walk away. If you want to open multiple locations and sit on your couch, do that as well. That is my entire focus. And that's what I, I do on the call. So book a rapid growth call with me and let's get clear on what your vision is. Let's, 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 let's uncloud this and stop having a revolving door of stylists that just come to you and leave and you not know why they, why they leave or having clients come in and you just never see these clients again. It all starts with your structure and foundation. I can't, I can't stress that enough. And that's for any business. What if, what if Walmart or Target wasn't structured properly? What if we go in and we can't figure out how to pay to get out or you got the boys sections next to the baby toys and the women's lingerie. Exactly. Structure, like organize this stuff. Or you ever been in a store, even if you've been into, even if you shop in like, I like Home Goods. Home Goods and Marshalls are like my favorite stores. If you go on Home Goods, Marshalls, Ross, TJ Maxx, what if you go in there and all the clothes aren't together? Like you got a piece of clothes and then boom, you got some shoes or you got some more and then boom, you got some food. You'd be like, what is this foolishness? What did this? Fix it back. We will be so confused. It's because the business is structured right. We know, I know 100% if I go on TJ Maxx, all the home stuff is way in the back. I'm about to walk past all of these clothes and I'm going to see the home stuff. If I'm going in home goods, I'm going to go all the way to the side because I want to look at the furniture first. And then I'm going to go down the roads in the middle. I skip the pots and pans. I like to look at the decorative stuff first. I look at that on the way out. Like, because we know how the business is structured, when we walk in, we know what we're looking for. We look right up in the sill and they be like, oh, there you go. Let's go to the back. Structure your salon the exact same way. It's You're no difference. It's time for us to, to get our businesses together. Finally. Finally. I want to see that. I want to see more of us have our businesses together and have it structured. And that's part of the reason why I do what I do. I really want to see that. I want to see more of that. 
Alicia, I will absolutely agree. I want to see more of us running successful business, having structure, being able to retire, multiple locations, franchise, all that, whatever you want, you can have it. But you do have to have order. You do have to get structure in place. And I, I encourage salon owners to get the help that you need because I know there's a lot of salon owners that are overwhelmed, that yes. are struggling just with a lack of knowledge. Like you may not know all of these things and it may be overwhelming, you know, knowing that on top of everything that you deal with on a day-to-day, you have to do these things. But you can get someone to help you to get it in place. You can, like you said, hire a manager, hire the right people in place so that you can have structure and you can run a successful business. So it's time to just make that shift, make that shift and get the help that you need. If you're stuck and you are having trouble keeping stylists, you're having trouble with growth, you're having trouble getting clientele in or whatever it may be in your salon, then figure out who can help you plug in the pieces that needs to be plugged in so that you can get properly structured so that you can run a successful business. And that's what I want to see more of. I just want to see more beauty professionals having successful businesses overall. Exactly. Exactly. And having a successful business does not mean, I'm going to add on to that. It does not mean you're working longer hours behind a chair either. Because sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to be great. I got to do this 12 hour day for like two months and I'm going to be I'm be in there. No, you don't have to do that 12 hour day in order to be in there. Just get that structure and stuff done and do a 10 hour day instead, because our goal is at least to get you down to eight. So don't think you got to work more behind a chair in order to get to where you want to go. I, I see that. And I say that because I see that I'm trying to get here. So instead of working three days, I'm for the next month, I'm just going to bang it out five days a week. And I'm like, you're going to kill yourself. What are you banging out? Because at the end of these two months, you're going to be too pooped to do anything. Right now. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Alicia, it was, it's been absolutely great having you on the podcast. Um, do you have any you know, other tips or things that you want to share before we go today? My last recommendation is if you are a salon suite stylist or a salon owner, let's get your business structure right. Like I'm talking from the beginning of LLC bank account to being fully staffed with a minimum income of 20K a month. Like let's get there. And I don't mean this 20K you doing it. I mean, the whole salon income is that, and you are just a piece of that income so that you can move on and do other stuff. I know Everyone says you need seven streams of income in order to be successful. And I know your salon business is one of them. And inside of that, you have retail as your second one and you have other things that you want to do. But I highly recommend that you get this one, this beauty business on autopilot first before diving into other fields. Because if you dive into other fields and this one is not on autopilot, you're gonna be bouncing back and forth trying to figure out which one is going to make you the the boss, the CEO, the successful person, the, the, the million dollar mark that you're trying to get to. So let's get your salon business structured. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Alicia Monique underscore educator. You can click the link in my bio and grab a free resource, but always grab your rapid growth call so we can talk about where you're going and, and what structure looks like. 
I know we talked about that and yes, it's general and you probably don't know where to start, but let's grab a call and I'll give you, if this is just the tongue, t- tongue twister. I'll give you the specifics on where you need to start, where you need to start in order to start getting structured properly. Alicia, before we go, I want to tap into something you said. Okay. So you were just talking about how you seven streams of income and, oh, I need to start a, you know, I need to have a product line, which is great. Products are great. I need to teach classes. You know, that's great. But I love the fact that you said focus on growing this salon business first and then those other things. And I think a lot of people miss out on that because in the beauty industry, they'll say, well, you know, business is struggling, so maybe I need to add products and they think products is going to be the fix. Or maybe I need to teach classes and they think teaching classes, but you're not, you're, you're trying to teach classes, but you don't even have your clientele build, your salon is failing or whatever it may be, right? Or maybe you you have a full clientele, but you don't have stylists in there and you need to have stylists in the salon, but it's just you. And now you're trying to teach classes. Maybe you should focus on building up your salon, getting the stylist in there and, you know, building this thing first and making this thing successful and putting your all into that. And once you have it structured and running, then you can add those other streams. So many times you don't hear people say that. So I just wanted to kind of tap into that. And I want to have you kind of go in it a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. Uh, perfect. I'm so glad you said that. I was working with a salon owner and she was looking for a new place and she's outside looking for a new place. But while she's looking for this new place, she's trying to make some more money. And she's like, oh, I'm going to add a boutique. And I'm like, no. She's like, but why not? I said, why are you adding a boutique? We're trying to move your salon location to a different location. Why would you add a boutique? So I can make some extra money. She already had a, pro- a hair product line that wasn't making that income too. She already started selling um, hair extensions. That wasn't any making any money. She was trying to get the salon structure, but she needed to move to a new location. So we're trying to do that. And now she's trying to add on a boutique. And I'm like, well, what's going in the boutique? The hair products and the hair extensions you have? She's like, no, I'm going to bring in clothes. I'm like, huh? I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I just, I'm just trying to get the people what they want. No, don't give the people nothing. People don't want anything from you. Stop giving the people what they want. Give yourself what you want. And what you want is a business that is successful, a business that is making money. So if you keep trying to listen to what your few clients you have say they want during a conversation, then it's not going to get you anywhere but stressed out. I said, you got a shelf full of your own products. She had two products. You have an area where you have hair extensions at. Where are you going to put this boutique at? We're trying to find you a location. She's like, but in this location, I'm going to do that. Da, da, da. We haven't found the location yet. But in the meantime, I got this wall right here and I'm just going to put the tax on it. I'm like, what? No, no, please don't get a boutique, please. I said, here's your strategy. So if this is you and you like, stop talking to me. I am talking to you. But here's your strategy though, right? You already have a product line. I don't care if you got one product, it's a product line. You just ain't complete the rest of it. Don't worry about it yet. You're in the salon that's not structured, but you also sell hair extensions because that complement a service that you have. But you only sell these hair extensions with the service. Um, I get that too, right? 
So we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna tie this all up and give you a nice little strategy. Structure this salon business. And because you wanna make more money, start advertising this product, this hair product you have, this one product. Every person that come into your chair must leave with this product. Every person in the salon that comes into your salon must leave with this product and start keeping track of when they purchase. If the product needs to be repurchased every two months, every two months, you're gonna sell that person that one new product that you have. And you're gonna keep talking about this product. If they've already bought a product, ask them did they buy one for their daughter? Did they buy one for their aunt? Did they get one for their mom? Can they send one to a friend across town? Tell, tell your neighbor about this product. I want you to start pushing this one product as hard as you can. Don't get another product. Structure your salon, push this one product. Every service that you offer that includes hair extensions, you sell your hair only. You can't bring hair from the beauty supply. I don't want it from down the street. Don't order from somewhere else online. It must be ordered from you because you know the quality of your hair, which means you can more or less guarantee the service because you got the quality of your hair. Basic things for you to put in place. You're going to start making more money off the hair. You're going to start more making more money off this product. Now you can structure this salon. Once the salon foundation is structured, now you can focus on maybe adding product number two or allowing people to bring hair from the uh, from outside. But I guarantee you, if you say you can only use my hair for this, people are gonna stop bringing outside hair in. You have to train and structure that part of your business for how you want it to operate. So don't add on no boutique. If this portion, and then here's the thing. So when you do wanna add on other products, hair extensions, you have your salon business. You have to say, okay, I'm gonna create a hair product line when my salon starts making this amount for the next three months consistently. If I can consistently make over 10K for three months, then I'm gonna start looking into developing a hair product line. But you gotta keep making that 10K every month. And that's just the number that I threw out. Because now you can have some income to go and invest in this product line. And if you want something else, you got to say, okay, I can't get something else until this hair product line starts making X, Y, Z three months consistently. And then that next month, you start researching on how to get your own hairline. And you can use a little bit of the profit here to invest over there and so on and so on. So you got to say, I, I got to make this amount before I can do this. But in order for you, I guarantee you, in order for you to get to that amount, you got to structure this business properly. You're not going to get to that amount if you don't have the structure. Even with your retail products, if you don't have your retail structure, you're not going to get to that amount. So guess what? You're forcing yourself to structure properly so you can get to the next thing that you want to do. Because if you can make consistent money on one avenue, you can go on to the next thing, which means your structure is in place, and your things over here are on automation. You're not really worried about this. It, it, it got itself. Now you can go and focus over there and so on and so forth. But you got, and you got to set that income goal high. Don't set no little 5,000. Matter of fact, don't even go under 10,000 because that's too easy to make. If your structure is, pro is properly set, majority of my clients can make over 10,000 without blinking once their structure is set. They come to me. Their main goal is, I just want to make 5000 a month. Okay, girl, in two, three months, we knocked that out already. I'm like, now what are we doing? 
Dang, that was easy. Okay, you got to shoot higher. Let's double that. Now let's get to 10. Okay, you did. You hear three months in a row. Now what? This 10 is a piece of cake. What are you going to do? Oh, wow. I, I, you're right. Okay, let's go for 15. Let's shoot for 15. Here we go. We off to 15. So your strategy is trying to get to one amount, structure it, lock it in, strategize. Now you like, I'm doing this without even blinking. Okay, now you got to push your goal up higher. When you push your goal up higher, you got to re-strategize. Not structure, but strategize because the structure is there. You just got to create the strategy in order to get to the increase. When the increase start happening, you like, oh, shoot, I didn't made it. Okay, now what? All right, you got to go higher. You got to go higher and higher and higher. But your structure is always there. Your strategy, your marketing strategy, of, to be more precise, is what's going to change or adjust, not even change. Sometimes it's just minor adjustments. Like just go live a little bit more. Your income go up about 5,000. You're like, that was it? Yeah, it's okay. Oh, Felicia, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that I, I'm glad that you dived in there because I think it gives people insight as to some ways, especially you said something about retail structure and I teach, you know, my clients that too, but it's not enough just to add it, you know, like, like how you say, like, right. it's not enough just to say, oh, we have hair and just have the hair hanging up or sitting in a pretty shelf or have the oils there. You know, I had like, I encouraged one of my braiders, like, if you do, she does, does box braids, I'm like, and you have this oil, her oil is really good. And so I was like, it really helps with the itching and all that. It's just a really good oil. So I said, everybody should be going home with an oil. Like everybody, like when they get box braids, you know, they're going to need that. Everybody should go home with one every time they get them because box braids can last, you know, four to eight weeks, you know, if you get them touched up and stuff. So it's like you, something that you keep that long, you should be sending everybody home with it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, instead of thinking we need to add more things, we need to do the boutique, we need to, girl, oh, maybe I need to do lash extensions. You know, I done heard stylists say that, like, I see that's booming. Maybe I need to start doing makeup. Girl, I'm gonna go take a makeup class or microblade. No, you don't need to do the boutique. You don't need to microblade. You don't, you need to structure the salon business that you have now. And if you have products, you need to have a structure for how to get people out the door with them. So like, I love like having having a product where every every person needs to leave with that product and Absolutely. making it so if you do extensions, they need to get the extensions from you if you have extensions for sale. So mm-hmm. those are some great strategies, Alicia. I know we can talk all day. It's been absolutely great having you. I know you've shared a few times. I will have all of your information in the show notes. I'll have the booking link if you want to jump on a call with Alicia. But real quickly, just tell everybody how they can reach you real quick. You can reach me. Go follow me on my Instagram at Alicia Monique underscore educator. Um, I'm also on Facebook as well. But I basically will prefer you jump on my email list. So go to my website at AliciaMonique.com. Um, and grab your free resources. I love giving out information that you are absolutely going to use to grow your business. So head on over to AliciaMonique.com, grab your resources, and then follow me on Instagram at AliciaMonique underscore educator. Alicia, real quick, um, I'd like to ask you this question. So share with us either your favorite quote or favorite mantra that you use. Wow, that's a great question. Oh, okay. So I use this quote a lot at the end of my emails and I started using it a long time ago. And I I don't even know where it came from. Um, I think I actually made it up, but success waits for no one. 
best ways for no one. Thanks, Alicia. Alicia, Monique, everybody. I'll have all the information in the show notes. As always, stay great and we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you. So let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.